Listeners, start your engines. Detours episode 39. Rob here on this episode. Zach and Sandra from Oldie But a Goodie join us to talk about 1994's much maligned Beverly Hills Cop 3. We will get into that very much though. As always, you can find more episodes of this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Good Pods, and other podcatchers, as well as crookedtable.com. Go ahead and give us a rating and review wherever you're listening to this episode. Uh, for now, let's listen to a little bit of the trailer and then jump into our conversation about Beverly Hills Cop 3. Hello, my name's Axel Foley. I'm looking for... Hello. Welcome to the Beverly Hills Police Department. To continue this message in English, press one pound. If you have homeless people on your lawn, press two star. What brings you to California, Axel? Vacation? I'm looking for a killer. One, please. We got some evidence that points to one in the world. Thank you. Thank you. You mean Rufus Rabbit has gone berserk? You got yourself in the middle of a federal investigation. That guy killed a police officer. He killed a friend of mine. You just keep him out of my face and out of my park. Ladies and gentlemen, it is a tremendous surprise. For Mr. DeWall to have me standing right next to him right now. You know, right now I can feel his body tingling. Bring that man down. Code red on the spider. Now hold on tight. <laughs> Axel. Hey, hey, hey. Officers, I want this man arrested. I'm sure you can explain everything, or maybe you can't explain anything. You're going back to Detroit. You've got to turn yourself in, man. Why is it so hard for you all to see there's something biting going on at that park? Kill him. by your new look. Look Thank at your you skin and your hair. And then finally you have black hash poopies, which are totally retro, which I love. You, you put a really good package together. Welcome to Franchise Detours, where we believe no movie series travels in a straight line. On this episode, we are wrapping up our third, uh, I guess for some reason, visit to Beverly Hills, because I think that the... the the trap this movie, this franchise gets into is that they every year, every installment have to come up with a new reason for Axel Foley to go back to Beverly Hills so that the title doesn't feel like a lie. Uh, but we're here to talk about 1994's Beverly Hills Cop 3. And I am honored to welcome to the show Sandro and Zach from Oldie But a Goodie. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Hello. Hello. It's good to be here. Yeah, so yeah. this is the first regular episode that I've ever done with more than one guest. So consider Ooh. yourselves honored and privileged Ooh. to be here. Uh, <laughs> but when when this went up, because I, I, I did a poll a few months ago uh, for th- four different action comedy franchises. As soon as this was in the running, Sandra was like, if you do that, I was Zach and I would like to come on uh, <laughs> to talk about the third one, because we've sort of covered the previous two. And it would be cool to kind of like, close that loop 
essentially. Mm. So tell people about your podcast and then and then we'll get into this franchise specifically. Yes, Sandra, oh. tell them about your podcast. I've got to do it. Oh, no. Uh, Oldie But A Goodie is an Australian a, a comedy movie podcast uh, where we've been going for four years, about to do a fifth, and every year uh, we've got a new gimmick, and that gimmick is that we watch through an entire year of film. That can be the 90s or the 80s. We've done 94, which is uh, how we almost did Beverly Hills Cop, but didn't quite do it. And then we've done the 80s and uh, just recently the 2000s as well. Awesome. And you guys, so you did 94 when this movie came out and you did the Flintstones instead, uh, which as we'll get into, a more interesting choice probably. Um, (laughs) so, so, So tell people just generally... What was what's your what is your history with this franchise? Had you seen these movies before you covered them for the show? And what are your what were your thoughts uh, on the first two installments, both of you? Yeah, Zach, what's your thoughts on the first two installments? Oh no, I have to tell my thoughts. <laughs> well, first off, the Flintstones is a masterpiece of cinema, and everybody should go watch that. And I was coerced into <laughs> rating it an oldie, which is our form of bad, and I mm. want justice on that. Uh, second off, uh, yeah, I, I have seen the first one before, but that was ages ago. And then we did the recordings again and we watched them and, ah, oh, they were, they were straight bangers. This is a fun franchise. I love Axel Foley, uh, especially the first one. It's very clever. Uh, this one doesn't seem as clever, but <laughs> if you like Crazy Frog, you're gonna love this movie. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I'd seen the first one before as a kid and really enjoyed it. Uh, so I was, uh, I was first of all quite shocked returning to it. I must have seen it on TV because I did not remember mm. the language, uh, the singular scene of nudity that was in that first film. Uh, so mm. it was quite a shock, but, but, but yeah, I quite like them. I'm a bit more on the fence with these than Zach is, I think, because I, with action comedies, I love the comedy side of them, but the action side can get a little bit boring for me. And like, what it depends on how the plot progresses. And a lot of the time, the, uh, the, I guess the mystery, the crime element, can annoy me with these movies um Mm. but that's Mm. one reason why i like the first one is that it's one of the only crime comedies uh that has a pretty decent plot that first film so Mm. yeah it was quite fun going back and doing those first two Uh, and i was always curious with number three but we would never return to it uh on the main show because we didn't have a (laughs) a reason to basically especially after recording this episode you're like well never again we're done Uh, I would say the movies, they're like pizzas, right? And the toppings are the comedy, but the crust is the action. And Sandro, do you eat the crust? I do, actually, yeah. <laughs> you do? You do? Then yeah. you would know. You see, it's kind of a necessary part of the pizza. you got to have the crust. you got to have the base. The, 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 eat, the, eat the whole pizza to get the whole experience. That's what I would say yeah. the action is to the to the the action comedy movies and i am without the crust, the crust you have nothing to hold on to what are you holding on to without yeah the crust? exactly exactly you're getting your hands on that all, all saucy yeah 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 that's it yeah, yeah i got it i got you your metaphors in your hands okay. that's great yeah gonna have to go wash your hands 
Yeah. I don't want to have to wash my hands after every cinema viewing. You know? Yeah. <laughs> what kind of movie theaters are you going to, first of all? Yeah. That's question. Sounds the like fun a Pee-wee hut. No, never mind. <laughs> Oh man. Uh the the interesting thing I think with the first one is that it's such a showcase for Eddie Murphy. Like that movie mm. works mm. because of Eddie Murphy. You, it was supposed to be Stallone famously at one point and that would have just been a straight action. Nothing for Sandro in that version I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so it depends it, who directed it. <laughs> okay, depends that's if he's singing or not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um and then so it's really like Eddie Murphy's kind of entering a straight action movie and then the second one is just more, more action, more comedy. It doubles down mm. on everything. And this one, I feel yeah. like the balance to me is off. I, I like. I think that's probably part of why people look back. Oh, Beverly Hills Cop, great movie. Sequel's pretty good. Mm. That was all there was. There was only two. Was uh, only this two. movie kind of gets swept under the rug a lot. So I guess watching this now, did did this like how did the, how did this hold up for you guys? Was this your first time watching the third one? Uh, definitely for me. I don't know about Sandro, but uh, this is this is definitely the first time I watched this film. Although the fact that he labeled it uh, Crazy Frog MP4 or something when he sent it to me leads me to believe either he watched it beforehand or he's watched this before. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I had I had good fun. I I enjoyed it. It reminded me of the rest of the series. And I was like, oh, those movies were probably a bit better. But um, I like it still had elements. It was still all yeah. right. I still enjoyed There's it. Stuff I, in there. I still had fun. It, but it wasn't very impressed. Like, it didn't have the, the smartness of Foley displayed very well, I feel. That was the one thing I, I missed, is he was, like, sort of outmaneuvering everyone. Um, yeah. And everyone was underestimating him, right? Because they just think he's this, you know, deadbeat cop sort of guy. And that was mm. the that was their mistake was underestimating him, and that was like right. a big is... thing of the first movie, which I think is missing here, where it's just kind of like it's very um, uh, what's that dumb f- cop franchise that I can't remember its name, Sandro? You would know its name. Oh, uh, Police Academy. <laughs> oh, there you go. Very That's a franchise Academy that you should cover one day, Robert. Also, oh police. boy. Oh yeah, yeah I was gonna All say this too. There's a lot. I don't know. About <laughs> I just did. I just did uh, eight Muppet movies, but seven Police Academy <laughs> movies. Ones. Way more exhausting. That's, yeah. Yeah. No. At, at least the Muppets, it would be consistently entertaining. At least, right? Mm. Right. Right. Look. Absolutely. Uh, some of the movies of uh, certain cop franchises were far worse than others. And also, Zed's a bad character. I hate him. <laughs> Yeah, I I had never seen Beverly Hills Cop three. Uh, I my first, I guess, impressions would be where did all the jokes go? Where did all the good jokes go? I think is the well, thing. yeah. <laughs> like I I when I was while I was watching this, I tweeted like, oh, watching this for podcast prep, and then two minutes in, I was like, oh no! Like when the guys in the chop shop start dancing to uh the supremes i was like what is this like did they see the first two movies it's like the that's what i mean by the balance is off it's like the the stakes of whatever you know action is grounded in the first two are like completely out the window in the first opening sequence of this film yeah i mean like you look at the names attached to this it's like 
Beverly Hills Cop 3, great. I love the first one. Second one's pretty good too. Eddie Murphy's back. Excellent. Oh, it's directed by John Landis. Whoa, he yeah. did Coming yeah. to America and Trading Places. That's a great Trading director. Yeah. I love um, America Werewolf. In La- what a great director. It's written by Stephen E. DeSosa. He wrote Die Hard. This is going to be great. This is going to be a great movie. And then you mm. watch it and it's like, something happened here. Something happened. And I'm not entirely <laughs> sure exactly what it is, but this is not a Beverly Hills Cop movie. Um, because it just, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like a sequel. It just feels like its own thing. Mm. Yeah. It it also weirdly feels super toned down. Like the, the violence, the length, like everything. Like I was surprised. I, this was the only one we had on VHS for some reason. I think it was my mm-hmm. grandmother's. And then when she passed away, we got a lot of her VHS uh, cassettes and this was among them. So I mm. saw this probably weirdly more than the other two, just because we had it on, on VHS and I was I was surprised going back and realizing it was R rated because I remember it being so like mild uh, and not mm. that those other two movies are like so in your face with the violence or anything but it's it's just I guess it's very disposable like you like another way that this kind of goes with the the pizza analogy is it's like yeah it's good it hits the spot it's fine I don't know like there's no such thing as it's it's not terrible. It's not great. It just kind of is. It's just kind of yeah. my, was my reaction, which is very That's strange. Where I ordered this pizza once, and it was way better. Like right, like, yeah. Uh, About ten of... years earlier, I ordered this pizza, and it felt so fresh and, and hot, and like yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, like cut the size of the pizza down. It's got less toppings on it. Like what happened? <laughs> well, well, they're also missing a lot of the the team members behind the franchise too. This is the first mm. one where Harold Faltermeyer, who does who did the score, who came up with Axel F, which Crazy Frog would, would uh, later cover. <laughs> um, the, no no Jerry Bruckheimer or Don Simpson producing. Like, it's just Eddie Murphy and a bunch of new people just figuring out, like, oh, well, we got Axel Foley. That's all we need for, you know, yeah. we got Judge Reinhold. We got Bronson Pinchot. We'll, we'll just, that's Beverly Hills Cop. We'll throw a number at the end and it's good. Yeah. And I know uh, at the end of two, everyone was asking, Eddie Murphy, when's the third one? When's the third one? And he was like, well, no, I'll only make the third one if I need more money. And then they made the third <laughs> one. So I guess that's probably why this exists, is he needed more money. But you're right, it doesn't feel... The team is not there. I mean, Judge Reinhold shows up for a bit. He's great in everything, so it's great to see him. Yeah. But aside from that, it, it's so detached. It probably should have just been its own... Just turn this into like an Eddie Murphy action thing that's separate from mm. Beverly Hills Cop, and maybe this would be better. Maybe people would like it more, I think. It's also, I think it's it, it's funny because we were saying about how Axel's not like on his game. He's not up to his his usual shenanigans of sort of getting one up on everyone. And in the, mm. in the second film, he kind of tricks his way into a Beverly Hills mansion that he's living in for throughout the <laughs> yes. film. And all of that, which I was like, wow, okay, I'll allow it it's for the greater good. It's all good. Um, but then in this movie, I, I think I've seen quotes from Eddie Murphy where he's like, oh, you know, he's not, Axel's not doing that. He's an older, he's wiser, he's more mature and all that. And I'm like, I wonder if it's just how much of that is just Eddie Murphy wasn't, his heart wasn't in this material. He's just like, oh, let me make it easy for myself. He doesn't do any of that funny stuff. He's just playing it by the book. You know, it, it's like he was cutting corners uh, before he even stepped onto the set. 
Yeah, mm. I saw a report that everyone behind the scenes knew that the script wasn't very good, but they were all just kind of hoping that Eddie Murphy we, we would have Eddie. Like, it's all good. improv around it. Yeah, but but no, he mm. doesn't improv at all. He's very serious throughout this whole movie. And it's also, like, mm. granted, it is a pretty dark film. It's definitely a revenge movie, which is something different for Beverly Hills Cop. So mm. it being a bit darker makes sense, but... Yeah, there needed to be something else here. I think Eddie Murphy just maybe wasn't invested in this at all. I didn't know. Well, this I saw was, something. Ah. Yeah, I, I know. Like, I can't wait, believe ah, it. What? This this felt M at most, you know, not even MA, <laughs> you know. This is I was like, what? That's news to yeah. me. I'm like trying to think. I, there was like blood on the screen. That was definitely pretty M, I guess. <laughs> like, yeah. Wasn't too crazy frog yeah yeah <laughs> nice oh, um no and i i saw something <laughs> that uh bronson pinchot who shows up here again from the first film as serge yep. uh he he apparently said that uh, eddie murphy was really depressed on the set and all of that so i think you can you can definitely feel that in his performance that was a lot of something a lot of the reviews pointed out like he felt like mm. oddly disconnected like just kind of on autopilot and yeah. uh, it's, you know, the material's no good. And the actor's not willing to commit to <laughs> elevating it. So it's like, you know, no wonder this thing did not so great at the box office. This was a $50 million budget. I mean, it made only 42 uh, here in the, in the U.S. In, uh, domestically and 119 worldwide. So not, not great. And it was sort of the beginning of uh, a, a kind of a dry spell for Eddie Murphy because it came right before uh vampire in brooklyn uh and then i think after that was nutty professor and then after that he was kind of struggling like up and down in the yeah. 90s of like a couple of flops a hit a couple more flops a hit like uh and i think this is really the beginning and the fact that this movie does feel so cutesy in a lot of ways being at wonder world and all of that i think you're seeing a lot of the beginnings of eddie murphy the family movie star kind of oh, creeping definitely. in here would you guys agree with that I think so. Yeah, mm. it makes sense that Doctor Doolittle is only a few years after this because he does seem and well, well, and Mulan as well. Um, it definitely kind of mm. feels like he's aiming for a slightly younger audience. Just him turning into a superhero on the Ferris wheel for a second and saving yeah. those kids. It's like you know what? Yeah, he could he could maybe branch out to some family entertainment here. Wait, this film's R since when? <laughs> <laughs> No, I, and it's so funny that you mentioned that the the scene on the the spider ride because I mm. literally had in my notes that feels like the moment where the franchise just fully jumped the shark where they're just like <laughs> no he's not this is not this is not at all the franchise you thought it was it's like when you go from uh, the first three diehards and then all of a sudden in the fourth one he's like like using a, a car to destroy a jet and it like gets really far fetched and ridiculous. Uh, yeah. it's, it feels like kind of that moment a little bit where you're like, oh, okay, so we're just, all the rules are out the window. There are no stakes in this movie, so just enjoy the ride, <laughs> kind of, is, is, the, uh, is the vibe. Yeah. Mm. I, did, I did like the set, though. I did like the whole, like, uh, park thing. I don't know if it's just nostalgia, because I've watched a literal documentary about that earthquake ride, where... Mm. Uh, the, the yeah. like aliens are attacking and like the roof collapses in and the water floods in. I've watched a documentary about that 
like whole thing. <laughs> wow. And like the different phases of like it used to be like a movie one and then it got converted into other things. So I was like, oh, I know that ride. So I felt a little <laughs> weird nostalgia for that one. Um but I thought I still thought the setting was nice. But uh yeah, yeah it used it, a bit more. They're going for something drastically different from the first two. And I mean it is that, but not mostly not in a good way. And I, I think that that's a valid point, what you said about it being set in a theme park. Because I am in, I live in Florida, so I've mm. been to those theme parks, and I remember the earthquake ride. So I think maybe that's another reason why I was like, oh, mm. this feels like a warm blanket. I've been on that, that ride that all yeah. of a sudden now it has <laughs> aliens in it. Like, it's, it's sort of a, a weird comfort movie in a way uh, for, yeah. for young Rob. Um, mm. So I think that might be a part of it, too. If you're really into theme parks you might get down with the 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 weird uh what mashed together version of disney and universal that this mm, that this yeah. is, that they're trying to convey here cuz it's that's a that's a universal ride the earthquake one and then mm. there's also uncle dave who's very much <laughs> sort of a walt disney-esque yeah. figure <laughs> yeah who's just at the park as well like if they- I love yeah. the movies like this where you've got like a Walt Disney type figure. He owns everything, you know, massive businessman, but he's just hanging out at the park, just like one of the many <laughs> parks. He's just there. He's hanging out with the cops. Oh, and everybody <laughs> loves him. What a, what a scam. It's Uncle Dave. Love that. Oh, I love that guy. Oh, my God. <laughs> Love that eccentric billionaire, you know, that owns everything. What a what cool dude! He does that little shuffle he does. Oh my god! <laughs> oh yeah, that was great. Oh goodness. Uh, one one thing that I do like about this movie is that I like that the like we were saying it's in a revenge plot. They do find yet another reason to get Axel to Beverly Hills, and uh, it's. Like the second film, it was Bogomil, Barney Cox's character, who got shot and then uh, was offered to come back for this one. But he was like, yeah, they offered it to me. And then I read the script. (laughs) Um, Here it's it's Axel's boss in Detroit, uh, Inspector Todd, played by Mm. Gil Hill, who we've established in previous episodes of this podcast, was a real police uh, police officer in Detroit. So they basically just cast someone with real life experience, which is probably why he feels so authentic. Uh, So Mm. I think that that's a a decent in to, to kind of motivate Axel to, Mm. you know, throw himself full bore into another case with Beverly Hills roots, I guess. I wish I did know one joke where he's like, where he's like, Oh man, I'm going back here again. <laughs> <laughs> Looks into the camera. Can you believe this? A third yeah, time? Yeah. They're asking yeah. me to Beverly Hills. Rolls his Be eye. a Beverly yeah. Hills cop? Three? Yeah. Hi. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't you have loved that, Sandra? That would have been, been great. I actually, yes, I would have probably. <laughs> there was a moment when he was in one of the outfits. Uh, like the character outfits around the park Mm, and um the way that he was kind of moving around and talking made it look like he was looking at the camera in one moment and i was like are they doing what i think they're doing (laughs) no they're not they just couldn't get the outfit to properly face the other direction (laughs) goodness uh because we when this does start we do see uh axel's more of a leader he's more of a you know, he's, he's actually kind of leading a, a squad of, of uh, police officers in Detroit. Mm. What uh, Do you guys think that this feels like 
like a progression for the character from those other two? Does it if, if that's what if that's what Eddie Murphy was going for? Oh, he's more mature, or he's wiser, and yeah. all that other stuff. Do you think does this? Because I don't know if this feels like an evolved Axel so much as like a a drained Axel, like drained personality. <laughs> he's just like he's just like mm. I, I don't know. It's just Eddie Murphy rolled up on on set and just didn't really come to play it's it's which is yeah. weird for him because even in those bad movies usually he's into it and mm. you're like well he's making this a movie at least and with this one it was just for me it was like i'm not even mad at it i'm just disappointed it's like what happened mm. uh eddie murphy do you, yeah, you, do you see that yeah because yeah, it's what seven years after beverly hills cop 2 i think mm. seven or yeah. six years after and I guess you can kind of, because I mean, if he's been working in the Detroit police department for six or seven years, uh, not being able to do his funny stuff. I mean, at the start of the second film, we saw that he was using all their funds to buy expensive cars. If that's been Mm. shut down (laughs) and he can't do that anymore, Mm. I guess he would probably be a bit drained as a character if he's not allowed to act out the way that, that he was in the first two films. And like with the added amount of responsibility, I can kind of see that character growth, but at the same time, he is still doing jokes, but they feel more out of place this time because he is in such a powerful position now in the department. And he is also so much more tired that the jokes feel a bit odd, but I can see that, that character growth. I don't know. What do you Mm. think, Zach? Um, yeah, I, I would have liked it a lot more if they had actually, like, kept that going throughout the film. Because they, they start off with him with, like, his own team, his own squad, and him calling mm-hmm. the shots. Mm-hmm. I thought they were going to do, like, more on that throughout the film, right? Because I was like, oh, okay, he's in charge now. He's moved up in the ranks. He's just, he got some people. And I thought he would have pulled this resource. But after, like, the first ten minutes, they go back to, oh, no, it's just Foley again by himself doing his own thing like every other mm. film. Like, I thought this that was where this film was going, where it was like, oh, hey, he's got these guys, and maybe he can later on, he's like, okay, because I have this manpower now on my side, it can make them go and off and do things that are clever. Like, he can, like, set up an elaborate rat trap, you know, because he's got people pulling yeah. strings behind the scenes, you know? Or or just in general, the dynamic between him and his squad, you know? what What's that like? Nope. God, don't get any of that. He's just he's just him now. He's on his own. He fucked up. Uh, boss is dead. Whatever. Moving on. You know. <laughs> and so, so I was like, oh, okay. So I liked it at first. I was like, okay, we're going to see some character growth. And then we just didn't. So Yeah, yeah. I quite like the start of the movie because it did feel, aside from the dancing sequence out of nowhere, <laughs> it did feel a lot more serious. No, especially. <laughs> it felt kind of like a... Um, Oh, for one of a better comparison, like a Death Wish, like a mid-80s action franchise that's been going on for so long, that sort of vibe at the very start. And I was kind of on board, uh, but then when he goes back to Beverly Hills, it does kind of just turn into another but not as good version of Beverly Hills Got To. Mm. He doesn't seem yeah, clever. I, I, I like sorry, Zach's but, idea. Uh, like, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, okay. The 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 whole um the whole thing is he's supposed to be clever, but the first thing they make him do is fuck up. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I wish true. I wish they yeah like 
like the mess up but it's not his fault we see that but like the characters don't know that and i i wish that they had just made him seem like that wacky maverick captain that pulls these like spectacular things and stuff and like the the other police are like oh i would have called in the swats i would have done all this thing and he's like ah screw that i'm gonna do it my way you know that sort of thing but immediately Hmm. we just see him messing up and yeah it just it starts off on the wrong foot i feel it makes me think of uh, another action movie that came out in 1994 speed where (laughs) you get you get a win from that character first and then you get the fuck up and then he's put in position on the bus so you you like okay he's good at his job you know, he's committed to et cetera, et cetera. So we, we were on board with that character from the beginning as opposed to, wait a minute, what, what's Axel doing? Make, making poor decisions on the regular? Uh, <laughs> not sure I'm behind that. Uh, but I, yeah. I like Zach's idea about having, you know, maybe he's got a, a close group of, of uh, officers or detectives or whatever mm. that work under him that are like, you know, maybe would follow him to Beverly Hills being like, no, mm. we got your back, Captain. You know, mm. we get like the Foley squad or whatever, working Ooh. with him in Beverly Hills. I think that rather than, you know, Judge Reinhold, and then they didn't even get John Ashton back as uh, Taggart. And so we have Hector Elizondo, who's a great actor, but no, he's no mm. Taggart. There was a specific mm. chemistry that that John Ashton had with um, Judge Reinhold that was a nice mm. counterpoint to each other, but then also to Axel. And so here, Judge Reinhold's trying to hold it down all by himself pretty much yeah. and so yeah. it, it, and he does what he can but you know he's not he's not exactly a a foley squad in and of himself mm-hmm. no. I, I would have liked it if foley had like replaced him with someone who's like exactly like him <laughs> so they that. have like a, he's he's got like his own squad again of the same people he's just replaced <laughs> them with people like them and it yeah. and so it's really confronting <laughs> yeah 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 so they both like raise their finger and go oh i could do and then they look at each other you know like they have this whole thing where they do practically the same job um yeah. and then they i did read that there together. was that would have been good i did read that there was going to be a version of this movie that was like uh a- axel foley meets the scotland yard version of himself which is either <laughs> i think it was I think it was going to be Sean Connery, but then maybe it was like John Cleese was added on later. And that was like the original idea for the third film. <laughs> that would have been so much better. <laughs> Which would have been really interesting. Now, if, if you do research on this, there, there's multiple versions of what this almost was. And a lot of them involve Axel Foley going to Europe, uh, to London, mm. or, or like you said, yeah. Scott, dealing with Scotland Yard and all of that. Uh, yeah, I remember de- for dealing the second with British one, they gangsters wanted. And, yeah. <laughs> that would have been great. I remember for the second one they wanted to take him to um to Paris I think but Eddie Murphy was like mm. no I've got to do stand up in America can we just put it in Beverly Hills again please <laughs> Well that's true that was like the same year that uh Eddie Murphy Raw came out so he was like oh, I got this deal I got a you know a theatrical stand up special uh, yeah. and stuff so I got to make sense Yeah but guys, yeah, so instead we Beverly Hills cop if he's not in Beverly Hills. I, it wouldn't oh be. I know. God. That's why I'm like, I, where would they have gone? <laughs> well, they could do. Uh, no. Didn't pol- didn't Police Academy pull something like that? Mission in Moscow or whatever. It's gonna be like, oh, yeah, yeah, Beverly Hills cop. One there. The London, the London, whatever. Bad example. Bad example. Bad example. <laughs> yeah. They did. But yeah. no, I wish they went I to wish Miami they weren't so then... married to it. 
Yeah. I wish that I wish they'd go somewhere else other than Beverly Hills. Do you guys care about Beverly Hills? Are we this attached to Beverly Hills? What's the here? only Beverly what, Hills what is... franchise I'm attached to is Beverly Hills Chihuahua, and that's the only one that Dang. can't go outside of <laughs> Beverly <laughs> Hills. True. Any other one? More than yeah, yeah. More than able to. It is going to be interesting though for the fourth one to see how he gets back to Beverly Hills because it's been yeah, like my... what. It's been, it would have been like 19 years in between movies by the time the fourth one comes out. And um, no, more than that, no, maybe? More, like almost like almost 30, 29, I think, 94 to mm. 23. Yeah, 23? say 29 yeah. years. 29 years they in have between to do movies. The whole like retired cop thing, right? Where he's like, oh, I'm retired now. He's like chilling. And then they come back, we need you on this case. And he's like, oh, I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> it's like, or, wait, or, wrong, or he's wrong like, franchise. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm too young for this shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I kind of, cause they almost did a TV show a few, like a few years ago, like a decade yeah. ago. And it was going to be Brandon T. Jackson was going to play like his son. So now I, I kind of want the four, I have no idea what the premise of the fourth one is. I kind of want it to be during one of these trips to Beverly Hills, he fathered a child and then now he's finding out Whoa. about it. So he's got to go back and get his son out of some jam or something. Oh, so, yeah. Teresa Randall in this back. movie is like the first real love interest that Axel gets. Uh, she's also mm. Martin Lawrence's wife in the Bad Boys films. Oh, yeah. Uh, so maybe maybe uh, afterwards she's like, oh, I'll give you the private tour. And he's like, Ooh. Maybe. maybe after Beverly Hills Cop 3, they, they have now a 29-year-old son that he's going to discover in the fourth one. I have no idea. Uh, that would be because um, it's got to be something better than oh this guy I just killed in Detroit has dealings in what now Beverly Hills. <laughs> oh no! It does seem like it seems like he does have a kid in the fourth one. I'm I'm, I'm having a look here. It does seem like there is going to be someone playing his kid. So maybe that That's is the cool. plot. Who knows? Whoa, that could be great. Predicted here first. I would buy that. Well, it's on Netflix, so you can't. It'll only be on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, well, they got my money already. I guess. <laughs> yeah. I've already got it. I, I, I've already paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> Pre-ordered. So in, instead of like genuine comedy here, we got like a lot of uh, him arriving at Beverly Hills to police department. And then there's a, an automated kiosk that he can't figure out how to use. And then <laughs> Billy spends like five minutes explaining his job with the green lines. And that this was is funny. supposed to be entertaining. The amount of interest he has in the, being the DDO, just JSIOC, which I wrote down. <laughs> um, that's kind of funny yeah 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 i like i liked his little bit that was good obviously the the kiosk thing is very it's like not not slapstick but it's just like a different kind of comedy <clears throat> to the normal stuff yeah i think this movie suffers from having jokes that are written and not jokes that were improvised and are funny on the day which is where i think a lot of the humor mm. of the first comes from it's like yeah. the and it also comes from a lot of the side characters too eddie murphy <laughs> isn't doing that much comedy in this it's like the judge mm. reinhold stuff billy's got the green lines and like he he's a great actor so he delivers that well but mm. then you've got like uh all the stuff with the dancing and a lot of cameos as well. George Lucas is just in the park and that's a joke. Yep. Mm. Hey, look, it's George no, the, he, he cuts across, he cuts in front of him to go on the spider ride. And he's like, Hey, we've been waiting or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I did laugh quite loudly at that just cause I wasn't expecting it. I, it, it came <laughs> out of nowhere and it almost shocked me into a laugh. 
<laughs> that that, yeah, that was okay. it was pretty shocking. Uh, well, uh, the 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 blaster nine thousand or whatever it is, the weird oh, the annihilator two thousand yeah. thing with a microwave, a compact disc player, and uh, <laughs> yeah, all this kind of that's pretty funny. I kind of wanted uh, one. But... I was like, oh, that's very convenient. It's a phone. It's a microwave. It's a CD player. It's a gun. It's got everything. <laughs> oh, and it's also it. To, to Sandra's point, like it, I think it's it's Judge Reinhold, it's Bronson Pinchot, like they're they're trying to pad out this thing with comedy because it mm. isn't nothing is is there. Like I wonder how much of that stuff was added in almost in reshoots to be like, oh man, how do we save oh. this film? <laughs> Get Judge yeah. Reinhold in here to to go off about his green lines for the for a few lines. minutes or something. That mm. would make a lot of sense with the dancing. If that was a reshoot, that oh. makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> that does yeah but the cast here Uh, i think is pretty great though like you've got some good comedic actors um as you mentioned uh hector oh i'm not sure how to say his last name (laughs) but he plays i think yeah elizondo yeah he plays john flint he's a great like tough guy who's kind of funny i like him in um the princess diaries movies where he's just yes he's a tough older bloke uh who's also quite funny i enjoy him a lot and he's good in these because he yeah i quite like his sense of humor here his character is very dry and i enjoyed that a lot because the movie as a whole is quite dry so i thought that he he worked pretty well uh i think surge was out of place though because you've got like that sense of humor which is quite dry, and then you've got a whole scene of just Surge talking for like ten minutes about a gun, and it just feels out of place. Mm. Like the two sorts mm. of comedy styles don't quite mix. <laughs> he stayed spending time talking to Axel about, oh, are you into colonics? Like he's talking to him about all co- <laughs> basically. It, that's what I mean. That like it feels like they got Brinson Pinchot, Bronson Pinchot to uh, improv. Like that just mm. felt mm. like all right. Talk to him about some wacky stuff. And uh, and we'll figure it out later, you know. And that's because uh, yeah, it's, just, that's, it's just a big setup for the finale. Otherwise, yeah, 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 yeah. They've got two things that they're setting up, and the rest of it is like, all right, we're just gonna have ten minutes of him doing comedy for the audience. There you go. <laughs> like Axel Foley just sits there and smiles, and they like look at each other like, oh, this is so silly. Wow, comedy. <laughs> am I right? And then uh, and then it's like. They put a. They got the little flash things which blind you. No, and the they got the guns. Chains, yeah. Gonna, yeah, the keychains. I d- did um. Uh, not Axel Foley, but the other character. Did he ever use the the flash thing? Because he was given one as well, right? He was. He was. Uh, I don't think so. I I thought there was gonna be like. Cause, cause they set it up for both of them. I thought there was going to be one scene where he like pulls out his keys to unlock his car, but it's actually the flash thing, and he like flashbangs himself. You know, the rule of threes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, because yeah. then you got the rule of threes, and then like at the end, yeah, you have the the actual flash to actually win the day, that sort of thing. That could have worked. Oh, well. Yeah. I feel like we're already coming up with a better version of this movie than the last <laughs> one. Then the people that made this, no, it's not hard. Uh, how, how do we feel about the the villain in this? They always have sort of bland white guys, vaguely European. <laughs> Here it seems like it's American. Uh, and Ellis DeWald. And I, I think that the one interesting thing about this character 
is that he used to be a cop, so he understands the way they think. And so the movie yeah. thinks they're presenting him as this master strategist, but I just see villains that make no sense on screen. And so I feel mm. like I wish they had focused on that more. What do, what do you guys think of uh, the villain? Not that, these, not that this franchise is known for having amazing bad guys, but still, yeah. I feel like the other two had a little more... Uh, a little more impact when they're whenever they're on screen. Yeah, they're definitely secondary in the franchise, but I think because there's not as much comedy in this one, it makes the lack of a villain a little bit more yes. noticeable. Um, I I liked the actor. I think he did a really good job at playing someone who you can believe is a villain, but is also trusted by people. I thought that was quite mm. good, and I did like the lines when he's like, "I used to be a cop. I know that the uh, mm. the thing I'm after is in the car. It's not." You, you don't have it and your partner doesn't have it it's in the car i think like a cop i thought that was interesting they didn't do anything with it but it was an right. interesting uh idea that they brought up a few times yeah that's that's the problem they don't do anything with it i thought this was going to be like a chess game right they have the the chess game where folly's trying to outsmart him and he's being like haha you fool i worked as a cop I know your tricks, you do this, this. And then Foley uses the power of him being, like, a weird cop. Like, he doesn't do what normal cops do. Yeah. And, that, and that's how he outmaneuvers him. It's like, it's like, oh, no cop would ever do this. And he just does it, you know? And then, like, this sort of thing. And that that's the climax of the whole movie was that he outmaneuvers. no. The bad guy just knows what Folly's going to do. Folly's kind of predictable. He's kind of an idiot. <laughs> Fuck that guy. You know? yeah. uh, good thing yeah. he's, he has that little flashbang thing that uh, allows him to do the exact same maneuver he did earlier in the film. Whew. Exactly. What a, what a could have been interesting. What could have been interesting is because it's been like seven years in between movies, at this point, Foley is acting like a normal police person. Mm. Like, he's following mm -hmm. all the rules, he's doing all the, the normal things, but oh no, he's gone up against a villain who was also a cop and knows his every move. So now he's going to go a bit wild. He's going to start doing his wild stuff. That would have been interesting if they went down <gasps> yeah. that route. But that would have been interesting. <gasps> no, the that closest you so get good. is him him, him being like, oh, I'm going to go to the award, that award show and I'm going to throw him off balance by making a big scene, getting on stage, and then, you know... Uh, you know, mm. punching him out in front of everyone. Like, I don't, because, you know, he reacted emotionally <laughs> to Ellis yeah. DeWald making, implying that Inspector Todd is his boyfriend uh, or whatever, mm. and admitting it to him quietly that he killed him. Uh, mm. So, yeah, that's the closest we get to Axel kind of uh, infiltrating a uh, an event or, or getting mm. access through uh, false means. Yeah. And it, it yeah. does not, it does not work. It does not cut, come close to uh, what we're used to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, would it be would it be good if it was like by following the rules he got the commissioner killed, or Ooh. or by doing all these things and he has to realize oh I need to go back to my old ways of being a yeah. work agent oh that would have been so much better that would have been cool yeah. ah ah so much missed opportunity oh yeah he didn't even have a whole scene of him sneaking into the establishment it was just like oh no we'll we'll just go there we're here, we're here. yeah no, he exactly. buys a ticket yeah. he buys a ticket he doesn't try <laughs> and like oh i'm an inspector i'm looking for rats or whatever no he just buys yeah. a ticket for 35 dollars and walks oh, in. yeah 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 i wish the park had... tickets were 35 dollars by the way yeah i know yeah, that's so yeah, cheap sure. goodness yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that unfortunately has aged poorly. Um, yes. <laughs> no, I thought he was going to try jump the fence, which would have been funny. Oh yeah. 
uh, and then him uh, being like caught or something, and then he has to like he like dresses up, yeah, as a rat inspector or something, looking for rats. <laughs> that, uh, that would be yeah. good, you know. And then he has an excuse for poking around in corners, right? Yeah, God, yeah, that's a great idea you just came up with, Sandra. I wish they had done that. <laughs> Hell yeah! No, I did quite but like. It, it... Or... Oh no! Yeah, go ahead. You go ahead. I was gonna say, but at least we get Axel wearing the uh, what is it, okie dokie suit and. Performing on stage <laughs> with uh, with the other characters at one point and kind of dancing his way through. It's like that's what I'm saying. That's that's what they're going for. That's oh. the level of humor in this film. Yeah. Which not that that's would, a fun moment, but that's like yeah. a a big laugh moment that this movie thinks it has. I guess. Yeah, I what, did write down. Oh no, because a bunch of the the outfits. <laughs> what what if he had broken into the park with the suit? Like he accosted the guy outside. Like, because oh, yeah. he was on a smoke break or something, right? And then he, he's like, I need the suit, I'm a cop. And he's like, I'm not giving you the suit. And then Foley's like, how about a hundred bucks? And he's like, make it 200. And then the, 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 the mascot, like, doesn't care, you know? Because they mm-hmm. you saw them gambling earlier, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah, one of them comes over and is like, you owe me a hundred bucks for that game. And he's like, sigh. And Axel Foley's like, I could give you a hundred bucks, you know? Yeah. That's a, you know, something yeah. like yeah, that. Yeah, there you I go. Know. No, that, that works. I did like, One though, the, yeah. that Ellis DeWald is working for Oren Sanderson, who is played by John Saxon. Like, he was only in a few movies during the 90s. And, uh, I mean, I love, like, A Nightmare on Elm Street. So, so, so every time he shows up, I'm like, hey, it's that guy. Uh, yeah. And it was good to see him in this. He does a little, little bit of acting. A little bit of acting. He's mostly just kind of walking around. But he does some acting every now and then. And it's great to see him. Um, so I liked that from the villain side of things purely just because he's in this. <laughs> yeah, and then this the the um, secret service agent is also ends up being mm. in on it, played by Stephen McHattie. I thought he was he was pretty good in this in this movie for the role that he had to play. Uh, yeah. One thing that frustrates me is when we're watching a, a film and it's like an hour into what is essentially a ninety minute movie, like a hundred minutes, uh, and mm. then. What what happens is that Axel is a, accused of or suspected of shooting Uncle Dave, which mm. I I think that I like that as a as a premise mm. for this movie. Like, why couldn't that have been in the first fifteen minutes? Yeah. He's, mm. he's doing something. Maybe Axel. Maybe uh, Uncle Dave is I don't know passing through Detroit for whatever reason, <laughs> make up something, and yep. gets shot. And then it's like, oh, local Detroit police officer. Axel Foley is suspected and then he has to go to Beverly Hills to investigate. And he, it's sort of a, uh, sort of a manhunt for Axel Foley who shot mm. this, this universe's universe's oh. version of Walt Disney. I that think that been great. Yeah. 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 That would have been so much more interesting. Cause then he's like, actually got to try and pretend to be different people. Other people. Just to not yes. be found. Mm. That would have been really good. Exactly. Instead, Axel on the run. The one, there you go. Axel on the run. Instead, there's just the one scene where he walks into a bar, Robert B. Sherman's there, and then he leaves. That's the all That's all of the on-the-run section we get in this movie. Pretty much. Yeah. And it's, oh, apparently the Sherman brothers did the Wonder World song, that annoying song that plays over and over oh, yeah. throughout the whole park. The Sherman brothers who did a lot of the old Disney music, including Mary Poppins and stuff. So that's, yeah. that's kind of a fun tip of the hat, I guess. That's nice. I quite like the design of the park. It's fun. 
It did remind me of um, <laughs> Three Ninjas 4, the one with Hulk Hogan uh, that's also set in a theme park. It reminded me <laughs> of that a little bit because the Ooh. set's very similar. Uh, but uh, out of all of the action movies set in a theme park, it's this and Sharknado 3. And uh, I think this is definitely mm. better than Sharknado 3. So <laughs> There you go. Good Best you, action comedy Hills. set in a theme park. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a, what a prize. <laughs> <laughs> so we were talking about the big showdown uh, in the park later on with the Annihilator 2000, where it keeps mm. playing like, like 90s R&B at one point. Jerry Lewis... <laughs> Uh, like, yeah, which which I'll truck. take as a nod towards the Nutty Professor, so I'll give Eddie that one. Mm, that's uh, a good point. But what what are your guys' thoughts on the big, the big finale action set piece throughout the park and the different rides and stuff? Does that work, or is it just kind of like eh, too little, too late? Uh, I like that they started introducing new songs now in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, it's it's not booming out Crazy Frog. Wow, that's 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 something new. Um, Imagine but, he starts uh, the gun and it's just. <laughs> 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 yeah. I was expecting it. I was expecting it. It's yeah. like, wow, it's at least a different thing. Uh, I mean, <laughs> that the problem was it's too predictable. Nothing, nothing happens crazy. That's the whole point. It's yeah. like Foley's doing his his big outplays, his big maneuvers. And there's this whole thing that they established earlier where he's like, I think like a cop, you know, I know what your every move. I was yeah. I was very much expecting the whole, haha, I did it differently to how you thought, because I'm not a regular cop. Haha. And then that just that never happened. It's just a kind of a generic ending where he fights yeah. the bad guys. And he outmaneuvers them uh, in combat, and he wins. And that's he outmaneuvers it. them by putting his face on the counterfeit money, essentially. Yep. At yeah. the end, I was like, "Really? <laughs> that's what we're doing? God!" Also, yeah. How oh, did that he was do funny. that? It's 1994. That's not that easy to do. That would have taken him an hour mm. at least, right? To, <laughs> to upload a photo of his own face to this printing machine, and then purposefully oh, yeah, yeah. place the PNG right in the mid I, I don't even know how you made images transparent back then i have no idea how you did it so yeah i want to see that, that would be stop the movie for an hour and <laughs> i'm trying to figure <laughs> out technology <laughs> that, that would have been part of the whole like i outplayed you is i came here earlier and fixed this all up you know or yeah. i sent someone in you know one of my squad in this imaginary movie i have over here um and he like reprogrammed your machine while he was here to print my face on it, just as like <laughs> one of the things he pulled, you know. And it's yeah, we we don't see any of that. We don't even get him really outplaying the bad guy. It's just like, oh, I had this flash thing that uh that I got earlier that was established. I'll use that to once again capture the bad guy and threaten to shoot him. And then a yeah. big fight scene's gonna play out. I did like the whole um hiding in the exhibit stuff i mean it's very cliche um yeah. where they're fighting around in an exhibit but i do like that that one at least uh reminded me of crocodile dundee am i right sandro <laughs> nice. wasn't that wasn't that a uh, great that's movie another film that we've done and i yeah at least probably <laughs> hills cop 3 is better than crocodile dundee 3 <laughs> It is better than that one. And that's also a, a, a comedy action film set in the theme park. But it is. Would you say that one's worse that. than Sharknado? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I'd say that's point. worse than Sharknado. 
So was yeah. the th- was the three ninjas one? Was that the third one or fourth or which one was that? The fourth one. The fourth one. Fourth one. Okay, I was trying oh, to see yeah. if it was like if that just action comedy franchises just like the third one. They're like, oh, time to send them to a theme park. <laughs> theme park time. That's yeah. Was that the case for exactly. Lethal Weapon three? It's just in a theme park. <laughs> Gosh, um, and, and it says a lot about the amount of energy and like momentum this movie has that when it ends the bad guy gets killed and then billy is like half dead and that's i guess hilarious even though billy's like the character we care the most about we're like what the fuck guys you're like cracking up billy's like on the floor yeah what the hell is this (laughs) and they're all just sitting there just tired and just like "Eh, i don't know we're done let's get it yeah although i did like um i did like how uh, uh, billy because in the second one he gets like more and more violent throughout the course of the second yeah. one, which I absolutely yeah. Oh, yeah, loved the first time I saw it. Yeah. Uh, in this one, he like he does a couple Western style showdowns, and that was really cool. Mm. Like he's surprised that he's managed to shoot these goons without being shot himself, and um, mm. that would have been great if that was like a running joke. But it only comes in at the end. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, his running joke is the green lines. But you know, mm. this is a. This is the fun oh, extra bit. That would that be gets. great if he was like the best fighter of them all. Like at this stage in their lives, like they've they've continued to be good, but he's like trained and now he's kind of like elite. And so he just takes out guys when they're around and he's like <laughs> and they're like, Holy shit, how are you this good? <laughs> like there you that would have been great. Yeah. I think that's we want to see Beverly Hills cop colon Billy Rosewood. I think oh, yeah. Rosewood's mm. adventure. I'd watch it. I would Has he good. even Judge, done Judge Ryan Hunter recently? Yeah. I don't know. Um, I don't know what Judge Ryan holds up been up to. He's always he's always doing something. We go we go see his family where he's like a stepdad to a kid and his real oh, dad no. trying to oh, become boy. Santa. You Santa know, Claus, it's like yeah. what the fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, is he in the new Santa Claus show? He's not even in the new Santa Claus show. Ah, oh, Reinhold uh-huh. needs to get so back cool. in the scene. <laughs> um, well, they need to get him. if they ever do a third Gremlins movie, they got to bring him back because he was in the oh, first Gremlins yeah. film too. <laughs> yeah, so more good. more Judge Reinhold, I think, is what we're saying. Eighty four mm, was the year of, of of Reinhold. We'll bring it back. Gremlins, Beverly Hills Cop. So uh, yeah, definitely. But yeah, uh, and uh, at the end, of course, Axel's gets a character named Axel Axel Fox after him. And <laughs> as someone as someone who does like foxes and who uses the karaoke alias Robert Fox when I go when I uh, when mm. I would have done that which has been a while mm-hmm. obviously with covid and everything uh, I have no notes mm. no notes about Axel Fox totally fine with wow. that <laughs> all right excellent yeah. Yeah. thoughts guys Axel Fox looks cool I... he's got the jacket I don't know unfortunately my note was he gets a furry named after him so <laughs> <laughs> that was my note my only note great work sanjo great work oh, no. you, I, I wish i i wish that it had been like a thing during the thing he puts on like the fox suit and beats someone oh, up in the fox yeah. suit or something there you go and then also there's a point there's a point in this movie when he storms into the theme park with a gun and just starts shooting and there's like yeah. hundreds of people around him and everyone's right. just yeah. fine with it like yes Mm. it's on the news and yes the cops are after him for like 20 minutes but surely more mm. like that's that's reckless right there that is mm. dangerous and reckless there's got to be more, yeah. more why didn't um, why didn't his boss give him uh give him a shakedown oh right yeah he's 
Jackson's dad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Forgot about oh, that. Too yeah. soon. Too soon, Zach. <laughs> oh, too oh, soon. oh, sorry. My bad. <laughs> Inspector Todd, we hardly knew you. Um, yeah. <laughs> I did like that before... bit, though, where he's like, what are you on a coffee break? Yeah, that was good. Get him. And then the I'm wife good. was like, "That he's like, oh, his last words were about you. And she's like, yeah, I know that doesn't sound like yeah. like uh, my husband. And then he tells him the the go get that son of a bitch. And she's like, that sounds like my, my, you know, my husband. I thought that, that was good. Yeah. That, that was, was really like good. in character. A good moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. Is there anything else specifically about Beverly Hills cup three? We want to mention before we, uh, before we move into uh, the big legacy question and rankings. I'm looking through my notes. I don't think so. I haven't written down much else aside from what we've covered. Oh, I did write down Ch- Chekhov's alien attack. Because they set up the ride earlier and go through everything that it does, and then during the final action scene, all the all the bad guys are surprised by all the moves and stuff. But Foley's like, "Haha, I was prepared for this." <laughs> don't they work at that theme park? They don't understand how the ride works. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, my thought. I'm like, you don't you're gonna go up, run up the stairs, thinking that it leads somewhere when you presumably have worked at this theme park for a while and should know the ins and outs of everything. You don't know that, yeah. oh, the water is going to start flooding down. Come on. I mean, that was okay, but I really thought they were going to have, like, either a bad guy or a cop in one of those Stormtrooper-like suits with, a, with a real gun as a reveal. Like, yeah. I am shocked that they didn't do that. They're literally humanoid-shaped, right? That's the whole point. Yeah. I, I thought for sure they were going to use one of those. Like, they were setting it up as a place obviously but it was it was just the scene where he like outmaneuvers them because he knows the buttons and i'm like what mm. where because that that would have been perfect for him to do the whole maneuvering where he like sent one of his boys to dress up in one of these costumes and hide there and then like the bad guys are running around and then suddenly one of the aliens turns to them and just shoots at them oh that would have been great that would have been funny he didn't do that yeah yeah i like Fair. our i like our alternate version of this movie much better than this actual movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah um it's a shame because like it's john landis it's yeah. Stephen e de sosa it's eddie murphy judge reinhold's back like it's a shame that this turned out how it did because it's a pretty good team like it's a pretty yeah. good team of c- creatives that they've got here yeah it's not the team from the yeah. first two i guess that's the problem it's a, which is why yeah. it feels which is why it's not first of all it's the material as, as everyone involved seemingly knew, not great. Uh, <laughs> not the main actors, not, not carrying it. And it feels, that's why it feels disconnected from the other two. That's why mm. with the fourth one, they're like, we're going to bring everyone back from the first two, just the first two. That's all we're doing. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> they're clearly yeah. trying to hit that, that same uh, spirit. So we'll, we'll see how that turns out. But yeah, for both of oh, you, and- what, what, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, but I just, I noticed a bit of a fun fact that Stephen E. De Sosa did write this. Also wrote the Flintstones. So oh wow, oh, oh, both hey. came out the same oh. week. That's a that's oh dear, a little yeah. Oh, yeah, that doesn't look too yeah. good. Oh, Andy directed Street Fighter, there. which is oh yeah, we did that. Andy directed Street Fighter. Wow, wow, yeah. that's a, that's not a, a not a great track record there. <laughs> <laughs> what a rough De Sousa had a, a rough ninety four. <laughs> he did, <laughs> except for except for Flintstones, obviously. Sure, of course. Uh, you can say that, I guess. Um, 
yeah, I know I can say it. Oh dear. No, uh, yeah. Well, I, he wrote I the Running miss- Man too, which Rob, you did on our podcast. How about that? I sure did. Yeah, excellent. There you go. Interesting. Uh, he, he, I did miss the whole dynamic of because he's this like alone cop where he's going out doing these things, but he's sort of forced to work with some other people, and they actually bring stuff to the table. And they actually do things in the films. I don't feel like during this film, anyone else but him really did anything. Like he Mm. didn't get help from the team, right? Like he got his friend in and his friend just kind of showed up and shot some people. (laughs) Yeah. He gets (laughs) stuck in that, in that like office with the cooling system with uh, Teresa Randall's character for a, a bit. And that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of about it. Yeah. So mm. I, I did Real miss the opportunity. <clears throat> but for both of you, what what is the legacy of this franchise? What is this? What is the, what is the legacy of the Beverly Hills Cop franchise? I guess aside from that song that everyone knows, that crazy song, <laughs> "Mortalized." Oh, no, that was for be my answer. <laughs> no, that was my answer as well. No, it was my answer. That's why I put it out up, up front. <laughs> I think they're doing a fourth movie, right? They they are. I guess that's uh, the legacy. Keeping uh, keeping uh, Eddie Murphy paid when he needs a, a little uh, a little boost. I guess is the legacy of this franchise. I yeah, I think it it definitely helped, I guess, cement Eddie Murphy as an actor. I mean trading mm. trading places might have done that the year before the first Beverly Hills Cop Mm. film, but I think like this movie and this franchise in particular, in terms of just the box office really made him a star, which I think is a good Mm. thing. A bit of a hot take, but I quite like Eddie Murphy. So I'm glad. (laughs) Whoa. I'm glad that he, uh, that he was not just a stand up comedian. He ended up, you know, uh, being a film star too, and I think that's f- fantastic because we did get some really good movies out of out of him, um, and mm. still are. Dolomite is my name mm. is fantastic. So, yeah, mm. I think um, yeah. the 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 legacy for me will be I, Eddie Murphy is just really good. <laughs> I think mm. that's the, thanks that's thanks the for Eddie Murphy, Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. yeah. I think the series definitely did that. This movie in particular, I think going back to the like earlier point, it did sort of steer him into a direction of family films. I think that's mm. a that's a fair point. Yeah. I think this movie definitely might have steered him more towards that. Because, um, yeah, the, the specific legacy of this film is that no one wants to talk about this film. <laughs> so, except us, apparently. Yeah, um, except us. But, yep. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, look, it, it's all right. It's all right. No, no one wants to talk about it, but at least they're making a fourth one. Hopefully that one's going to be less like this one. <laughs> you know? Let's see. I so, mean, it can't be as bad as Coming to America 2. Mm, Surely. Yeah. Jeez. Surely. That's, that's my concern. Because uh, Coming to America, great movie. Coming numeral two, America. <laughs> <laughs> It, it, mm. it, it, there's a there's an argument for that being among his less uh i don't want to say his worst because he's got some rough ones in there like <laughs> that's the thing with eddie murphy like his highs are really high his lows are really low and i <laughs> yeah. feel like mm. this is just like somewhere in the middle like i agree with zach it's mm. it's fine it's 
it's there. It's not great. It's not terrible. It's just kind of like, eh, it's, yeah. it's most, mostly flat with moments of, huh, that's kind of amusing. And then, you know, and yeah. then it's over. Uh, I did so not it's, enjoy it's, watching yeah. this. It was, it was never boring, which on the podcast, Alti Goody is usually a positive. So it was <laughs> never a boring mm. watch. Yeah. Yeah. I could, I could watch this again. I just prefer to watch the first two. Uh, <laughs> right. Exactly. Like there's, there's no real reason for me to come back to this film. But it it wasn't. I didn't waste my time. I watched the film. It was some action. It was some Billy Murphy. Yeah, it was alright. It was alright. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some green lines. A lot of good stuff. Um, yeah. So, so lines. what is each of your rankings for this franchise? Are we just are we just going straight up one, two, three, or uh, <laughs> or you, either of you have a hot take uh, in store for us? Three, two, one, boom. How about that? <laughs> you didn't expect Whoa. that. One. Yeah. That's well. <laughs> <laughs> that is I don't know. Hot. The second one was pretty good. The second, second one was one's pretty, pretty good. good too. Yeah. On retrospect, I think I enjoy the second one. I think the first time I saw it, I uh, I might have not been in a good mood because I didn't give it an amazing rating on the podcast. But uh, looking back on that second one, it's pretty good. I would say, yeah, I I can't put two above one in terms of a rating. But I also mm-hmm. can't put three above two in terms right. of ratings, so mm. it would have to be the one, two, three uh, from best to worst for me. Uh, but maybe the I'd, fourth I'd one go... will uh, will do will swap some stuff Let's around. Shake it up maybe. a little. Yeah, yeah. I'm 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 gonna go one, two, one, one, three. That's my that's my <laughs> rating. <laughs> You'd watch the first one, the second one, and then the first one a few more times before you're like, yeah. I would watch third. it. I would watch it twice more before watching this one again. <laughs> No, that's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens with the fourth one. I'm definitely curious, but I mean, I, I, it's it's not like there's much. There's not that much to say about the third one. I think that's what we've gotten to. Other than most mm. of this episode is us being like, now here's how they could have made it better. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and so that says yeah. a lot about Ooh. the quality of a film. We're like, eh, I could have done this, 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 and this to to make this a little better, but. But this was still yeah, right. a bunch of fun to talk about this movie. I think sometimes mm. the the mediocre middle of the road films are a lot of times the hardest ones to review because mm. you're like, yeah. uh, I can't say how much I love it, but I can't like have a blast ripping it to pieces. So here we're kind of splitting the difference. So I, I appreciate oh, yeah. you guys coming on. Tell people where they can find uh, Oldie Buddha Goodie and each of you on social media. Oh, yeah. Well, it is oldie but a goodie on everything. We're on every single podcast mm. platform uh, as mm. of the start of this year. I haven't actually checked if any new ones have popped up that we should jump on. <laughs> uh, so d- on every platform, not guaranteed at the moment, but uh, who knows? Mm. We probably are on all of every them. Every day, Just... Sandro wakes up looking for new podcast things to put <laughs> my show on. That's what he does. It's true. But yes, just oldie but a goodie. We are at oldie but a goodie pod on all the socials and uh yeah about to um i think by the time this episode's out we are wrapping up 2001 our coverage on 2001 mm. and we're gonna do something very different next year that that i'm mm. very excited to do yes mm. yeah mm. it's not 2001 and that's the most important thing <laughs> <laughs> You can also find awesome. uh, Sandro on Sandro Felce on Twitch. Sandro Felt Chair. 
and I have yes. his merch with me right now. He's been he's you been streaming do. a lot of The Witcher, and it's been very fun. You do, yeah. I'm um I'm on all the socials. Zach is on none of them. Uh, so that's... <laughs> yeah, I will eventually. It's just I want to set up a little little studio before I do some some sort of wacky stuff. But we'll get there. <laughs> you're you're waiting out this whole Twitter thing before you yeah uh, before yeah. you decide where to commit to. I think that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. I want to see how how sail that ship goes. You know. <laughs> but thank you so much for having us on. It's been uh, a lot of fun talking about this very mediocre movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I appreciate it, guys. Big thanks to Zach and Sandra from Oldie But a Goodie for coming on to discuss 1994's Beverly Hills Cop 3. This marks the end of our Beverly Hills Cop mega series. And normally this is where we'd run through everybody's ranking, all the guest episodes here, and uh, come up with a calculation that is going to give a crack the code of what the uh, of what this the, you know the, the definitive entry in this franchise is. But as you heard... Phoenix still hasn't seen the sequels, which, you know, your mileage may vary as long as you've seen the first one, which we're happy to have been a part of. And Lauren, Zach, and Sandro all went one, two, three. Uh, That would be my ranking as well. So it's unanimous, essentially. Beverly Hills Cop from 1984 in first place, followed by Beverly Hills Cop 2, Beverly Hills Cop 3. Where will Beverly Hills Cop colon Axel Foley rank? We can only wait and see. So uh, stick around. I'm sure at some point when that comes out, we will do something, some kind of coverage. Maybe it'll be the Matrix Resurrection style, just me rambling on about my thoughts on Beverly Hills Cop colon Axel Foley. Uh, But for now, I want to know, what did you think about Beverly Hills Cop 3? Is this a movie that lives up to its reputation as being such a a terrible sequel? Or is it actually, you know, gotten a little bit of a a rough, uh, you know, rough time of it? And maybe deserves a, a, a bit of a revisit, at least as a, as a fun distraction. I think Zach, Sandra, and myself were kind of in the middle of those two. But let me know what you think. You can find me on Twitter at Crooked Table. Same handle on Instagram via email at robert at crookedtable.com. Also on Tumblr and Hive. Not, not posting as much as we should, but it's a new year, so that'll be a resolution to work on uh, throughout 2023. But that'll be the end of this mega series. We'll be back very soon with a new episode. For now, that's a wrap on another Crooked Table production. Catch you in the next stop, everybody. This has been a production of CrookedTable.com. All rights reserved. Has he got a little